to the Total Wealth Academy radio show, where wealth includes much more than just money. It includes family, fitness, romance, and all the other parts of a balanced life. Listen and learn how 70% of the millionaires in America made their money using real estate. Now your host, real estate investor and consultant, Steve Davis. Welcome uh, to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis. As always, we're here working hard to improve our financial IQ. Uh, Total Wealth Academy is an education and mentoring program for people that want to learn how to build a second stream of income using real estate. Uh, this is really seems to be the only business model that's actually working. Uh, 95% of people are unable to retire by age 65. And when you study the 5% who are retiring successfully, they've all got second streams of income and 70% of them used real estate to generate that second stream of income. So that's what we teach. This first segment, I want to talk about some emails that I got about raising financially, raising kids with a high financial IQ. A lot of people, and I think everybody is, that's you know struggling living paycheck to paycheck they've got kids and they don't want to condemn their kids to the same crap you know if you teach your kids to do what you did if you're living paycheck to paycheck you're not in the financial position you want to be in and you teach your kids to do what you did guess what you're doing you're damning them to the same financial ruin See, and, and parents don't want to do that. You don't want to do that to your kids, do you? You've got, but the, the catch to it, and I was going to save this till the end, but it's really got to come at the beginning. The best way to teach your kids how to be financially independent is to first become financially independent yourself. The best thing you can do for your children is to thrive financially because leadership is by example see if you're struggling and you're living paycheck to paycheck and you're constantly complaining about not having enough money unhappy with your job things like that and then you tell your kids to do something different they're not going to believe you make sense they're not going to believe you You've got to lead by example. That's the only way. Remember the circle of control, the circle of influence, and the circle of concern from the seven habits of highly effective people. Most people think that their children are in the circle of control, that they control their children. And that if you tell them to do something, they're going to do it. Most of you have learned if you've got kids, that isn't true, is it? In fact, the more you try to control your kids, the more rebellious they get. People who have trouble in the teenage years, I can guarantee you why they had trouble. It wasn't because of hormones. It wasn't because they were teenagers. It was because you were using control on them. You created a rebel. See, 
Your kids are in the next circle, a thing called the circle of influence. You have influence over what your kids do, but no control whatsoever. And you don't want control. Then that makes them dependent. If you control your kids and they fall for it, then your kid's going to live with you for the rest of your life. <laughs> How many of you want that? Hey, I love my kids, but I don't want them living with me. So you've got to understand your children are in your circle of influence. But to have influence, you've got to be credible. If you're living to paycheck to paycheck and you tell your kids what to do financially, are you credible? No. Not at all. And they know it. I remember friends of mine, my kids won't study. I tell them to go upstairs and study. They just want to hang out with their friends. Well, here's the scenario. The person comes home from work, plops on the couch, grabs a beer, starts watching TV, and then complains to his wife about the commute, complains to his wife about the boss, complains to his wife about the job, entirely about the job. The kid comes in and says, hey, Dad, the new PlayStation came out. Can we get it? No, son, we don't have that kind of money. Now get upstairs and study so you can be just like me. You see the problem there? Why would that kid want to grow up and go study? Go up, I meant. Go up and study so they can be like you? See, lack of leadership is the cause of Again, teenage rebellion. Lack of leadership causes your kids to suffer with the same fears and insecurities about money that you are. When you're on an airplane and the pressure drops and those masks drop in front of you, who's are you supposed to put on first? Yours. If you're going to save your kid's life, you've got to be able to breathe. You've got to put your mask on first. Then you wrap your arms around your kid till they sit still and you shove the mask on them. But if you aren't able to breathe, how can you help your kid? If you're not doing well financially, how are you going to help your children? You can't. Now, I know that's a gut-wrenching punch to the belly, but you've got to face it. If you aren't doing well financially and you're teaching your kid to do the same thing you did, go get a degree, get a job with a major corporation, put your money in an IRA, 401k. Hey, it didn't work for me, son, but it'll work for you. Do you think they're that dumb? No, you think your kids are smart, don't you? I got news for you. They're smarter than you even think. They're smarter. 
That's why they know not to do what you did. But the sad thing is, a lot of them give in because they don't know anything else to do. They only know one thing, get a job. That's how you make money, you get a job. That's all they know. And they finally give up and they do it. We got to go to break. When we come back, I'm going to offer you a solution to this doggone problem. I've kind of laid it out there, but I'm going to offer you the solution to that problem and how you can help your kids by helping yourself. This is the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Jonathan, I see you on hold. I'll take your phone call the moment we come back from the break. Thanks for listening. The rich teach their kids differently than the poor and middle class. We are teaching our students what the rich teach their kids. Learn why saving your way to retirement doesn't work and how to build a second stream of income that comes in for the rest of your life. This allows you to retire at any age and simply enjoy more of your life with peace of mind about your financial future. Please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. That's TotalWealthAcademy.com for reservations. Thank you. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis. Uh, phone lines are open, uh, 281-558-5738. If you've got a question or comment about this, you're worried about your kids and you want to, maybe I'm, I promise I'm going to try to give you everything that I taught my kids. Um, you need to be aware my son graduated college with $4,000 a month in second stream of income and my daughter has an even higher second stream of income. Uh, give me a call, 281-558-5738, 281-558-KSEV. Let's go to the phone lines. Jonathan has patiently waited through the break. Jonathan, thank you so much for holding on. Thank you for calling in. How are you today? Hey, thank you so much for having me on, Steve. My pleasure. How can I help? Uh, so uh, uh, my name's Jonathan Finiak. Uh, oh, I forgive me, John. I thought you were a caller. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, I was expecting you on the... Th- I don't know why I was thinking <laughs> I had you line. calling in at 2.30. <laughs> no, this is my guest. I am so sorry. Uh, you know, I got really That's excited no about the material I was covering. Uh, thank you so much for calling in. Yeah, do me a favor. Uh, go ahead and finish what you were saying because that way I don't have to yeah. say it. We talk about fear a lot on this program and how people get paralyzed by it. But some people seem to be able to continue to move forward in the face of fear. Tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, so I I was in uh, New York City, lower Manhattan, on September 11th. I was an operations manager, district operations manager for a company called Airborne Express. It was uh, later acquired by DHL, and I was responsible for all of lower Manhattan. I had uh, 100-plus drivers with vehicles out on the road, um, and on September 11th, I I was right there. I remember... Standing, we could see the twin towers from uh, our facility. We're about uh, ten blocks north of there, and we saw the uh, the planes hit. We saw the first plane hit, uh, and then we saw the second plane hit, 
and then we saw the buildings come down. And um, it was a life changer for me. Really made me realize uh, what I was made of and the ability to maintain my calm in that type of situation. Luckily, I was surrounded by a, an amazing team, a lot of ex-military in, uh, in the logistics business, and they definitely, the team I had, uh, and all of us were able to keep our cool when many around us, our, our hourly employees, uh, were, were, were not holding up as, uh, as, as, as well as we were. And it was a, uh, I mean, it was absolutely an incredible experience to have gone through. Um, we, di- we didn't lose any employees. We had some who were caught in the rubble uh, at the base of the towers. Uh, we had many vehicles that were destroyed. We had, from an operational perspective, had to uh, step up and move our entire operation to another area of the city uh, very quickly. Um, it was uh, a harrowing experience, and I was not able to leave Manhattan uh, until two days later. On the uh, 13th of September, I was actually able to get home to my wife, and uh, the amazing part of the story is that uh, my twin boys, uh, my twin towers, were conceived on the 13th of September, 2001. Uh, they're currently wow. 20 years old. And, <laughs> I was about uh, to say, I bet they, you hugged her, but it went a little further than that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah go ahead, please. So, I'm sorry. Yeah, and, 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 and so it, it wound up being a, a life changer for me reassessing what was uh, what was my goal at 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 this point in my life? Um, you know, I, I was probably a bit a, a bit too focused on on money and not uh, focused enough on happiness. And, and what I determined was, you know, I had the grit to be able to support myself and my family and make a really good life for myself. But what the difficult part in life was was finding that happiness. You never know when life is going to end. You never know uh, when when you're going to be, you know, called called to go up and, 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 and meet God in heaven. And if you're living your days in such a way that you're not enjoying the journey, uh, you could potentially left, uh, be, be, be left without any joy, right? Just chasing that money um, and not finding joy along the way. And so I, I had a, a, a career change. Uh, I wound up going to uh, get my MBA, uh, left the transportation and logistics business. I was, I was definitely not happy there and went into finance and became a a capital raiser for hedge funds. I was putting money to work for hedge funds, uh, was not happy doing that either. I wound up becoming a financial advisor. I wanted to talk to, to, to sort of the salt to the earth kind of people, folks who had, had done well and were worried about retirement and be able to help them along and ultimately became a, a licensed uh, 7 and 66 uh, uh, investment advisor with Wells Fargo Advisors. And then you know what I figured out? I still wasn't happy. <laughs> wow. And so I, went, I went to law school after that. <laughs> I'm extremely happy now, uh, and I'm not just saying that because it's in the place I'm in, but, uh, you know, keep trying to find – I kept trying to find that happiness and finally arrived at a place where I found it. Yeah, finding your dharma – I remember when I woke up one day and I was more excited about teaching than I was going and managing my real estate and I realized that my purpose in life was teaching and that while I loved the money that I made with real estate, it wasn't fun for me. That's almost, that's a similar experience. 
Um, life and is so too now short. I spent, life yeah. is too short to, to, to show up at a job you hate, doing the things you hate. Um, you know, it doesn't mean you, 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 you know, you run away from, uh, you run away from things. You absolutely have to have a plan. It's always shocking to me when, you know, somebody leaves one job or one profession and don't have something else lined up. I've never, I've never put myself in that position, you know, realizing that, uh, uh you do need to be very thoughtful about what the approach is going to be and, and building, um, the, the tools you need to move on to something else. Now that you're, doing the estate, family, and wealth protection planning. Um, what kind of rewards do you get from that? Is this a point where, you know, you get a hug, somebody says you changed their life? Yeah, well, what we've tried to do uh, with our company is to make it easy for people to protect their assets. As a financial advisor, I saw so many people, you know, they had built a lifetime of wealth. They thought it was going to last them through retirement, and then something happens. Uh, 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 whether it was a bad decision or just dumb luck, getting into the car accident, having a business breakup, losing it all close to retirement, and effectively going to zero, and 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 what we what we realized here is that the, many of the strategies that the wealthy use to protect themselves, things like qualified spendthrift trusts or asset protection trusts or holding company, you know, multiple subsidiary company arrangements with lending entities, managing entities, and so many other things that, that I know you're talking about uh, consistently to protect your wealth. Many do not have access to those types of structures. And so our goal is to bring those structures uh, to the masses and allowing folks to protect what they've worked so hard to build so that if something happens, which it's inevitable, right? Someone's going to fall on your property. Someone's going to get hurt. There's going to be a business relationship that goes sour in some way. You go on to fight another day. You limit your risk, not to everything you own, but just to a part that you feel is, is worth the risk. So are you, you're helping people from the, Wealth, okay, wealth protection planning, which is mm-hmm. somebody has a large amount of assets, but it's in high-risk positions. You help them control that risk. Yeah, let's, let, let's uh, I'm, I'm going to give an example. That's, uh, that's 100% right. Uh, you're, you're, you own real estate. You own single-family yes. homes. You're renting them out. I talk to folks, and they say, well, I don't have any LLCs. Right. Well, well, do you have insurance? Well, I minimize my insurance to keep my uh, keep my costs down. Well, if someone is, you know, God forbid, somebody is hurt on one of your properties, or someone dies on one of your properties, every dollar of value in all of that real estate is going to be at risk. And so, instead, what we recommend you do is you set up a series of LLCs, one LLC for each property, or Perhaps if they're very low-value properties, you know, I have some clients in areas where you may be able to get a, a rental for, uh, for $50,000, maybe a couple of rental properties in each LLC. And then in the event that someone is harmed or hurt on your properties or, God forbid, dies, the most that's going to be at risk is the value of that one property. You limit your risk to that property which generated the income for you. You would have. I also recommend, you know, as a, as a financial advisor, I was a licensed insurance rep as well. You know, having the appropriate amount of insurance. We like to think about what are those plaintiffs' attorneys going to be willing to do 
in the event that they have a valid claim against you. They're going to go after your insurance policy. They may ask for a heck of a lot, but at the end of the day, they're going to be limited to the the, the uh, value of your insurance policy and the value of the equity inside that single LLC. And so in that way, we're compartmentalizing the risk. One event does not take out everything. Now, there's individuals who have risk that they bear on their own shoulders. It's risk that they can't get away from with an LLC. They can't get away from it with a, an insurance policy in many cases. And I'm talking about if you're a physician. If you're a physician and the patient dies on the operating table, they're going to come after you for everything. That may be a 5 or $10 million claim. It may be if you harm somebody, it may be more valuable to them if the person is, you know, if, if they're just uh, uh, going to be incapacitated for a long time. But it could run into the tens of millions of dollars a claim against you. You can't have All enough right. insurance and an Jonathan, LLC let me put you is on not hold. to protect you. We have to go to break, but we'll continue this discussion in about three and a half, four minutes. Uh, thank you, Jonathan. All right, we'll be right back. Thanks for listening. There's an old joke. When is the best time to buy real estate? 20 years ago. When is the second best time? Today. And that is truer than ever with the impending recession and the correction that is going on right now. Real estate investors are going to make millions of dollars over the next few years because of the recession. You should take advantage of it as well. To find out how, attend our free sample class at TotalWealthAcademy.com. TotalWealthAcademy.com. Just click on the free sample class button. Thank you. the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis, along with my special guest, Jonathan Feniak. He's an MBA attorney at law. You can find him at wyomingllcattorney.com or coloradollcattorney.com. My first question, Jonathan, as we move into this next segment is Wyoming and Colorado LLCs. Why are you using those? Well, uh, so so Wyoming uh, LLCs, Wyoming is actually the first state in the country to authorize limited liability companies. They have a long history. And I think okay. very similar to Texas, you know, Wyoming is about individual freedom. And uh, they the, the, the legislature in Wyoming believes that with that freedom comes some risk, but that you should be able to manage that risk. And so they have created incredibly protective limited liability company laws. Uh, the most protective, I'm a bit biased, but the most protective uh, in the country in terms of protecting you in the event that someone sues your LLC, they're not going to be able to get to your personal assets. And then if somebody sues you, you as an individual through something called charging order protection, they're not going to be able to get to the assets inside the LLC. Another wow. great thing that Wyoming has going for it is uh, privacy. I'm a very private person. Uh, I, when I form an LLC, I may want to have my name attached to it in the public records, but I may not want to have my name attached to it in the public records. And so Wyoming is a state where the name of the members, managers, and organizers of the company are not going to be listed inside of the Secretary of State website. The government does that, doesn't have that information. 
we have the information and we are a law firm so it's protected uh, protected by attorney client privilege so it's very difficult uh, or it's impossible for anyone to find that information online unless you want to tell them uh, and it's very difficult for them to get that information from us they're going to have a court fight uh, if they do try to get that information Colorado is a great state uh, for forming LLCs because it's really easy to do and inexpensive. So you form an LLC in Colorado uh, for about 50 bucks. Uh, they also are a state where you don't need to list the members and managers in the public record. It's very easy to keep yourself private. Colorado's laws are not as protective as Wyoming's, but from a privacy and a cost standpoint, it's a great place to form an LLC. I'm licensed to practice law in those two states, uh, so I speak to them uh, uh, quite frequently. But we also form LLCs in other states, uh, actually all 50 of them. Uh, some of the big ones out there are going to be Nevada and Delaware have very protective laws. They vary in their cost and they vary in their privacy protections. Uh, but we think Wyoming hits the nail on the head when it comes to all of those things and then a challenge that we have is we've got mortgages on our single family homes and when we move them into an llc that is considered a sale and that due on sale clause comes into effect how do we handle that if we want to put our properties in an llc so I, I, I actually, in my prior history, uh, I worked for a company that we um, did research on collateralized mortgage obligations. Remember what blew up the economy in 2008, or one of the factors right, that blew it up, right. I guess, were these CMOs, right? And so when you do a Fannie or Freddie mortgage, uh, that mortgage is not going to be held by the bank, which is uh, actually providing you with the loan. They're going to move it off, sell it back to the government, and then it goes to a servicer of that loan. The servicer of the loan is, means it's been it, – when it moves to a servicer, it means it's been packaged up in a CMO. When it's in a CMO, one of the things that diminishes the return on the CMO is prepayments. Prepayments are when people pay off their mortgages. So what the servicer doesn't want to do and what the investors don't want to do is they don't want the loan to be paid off. If they were triggering the due on sale clause every time someone moved the property into an LLC, they would actually be hurting, hurting themselves and diminishing their return. There's a couple of things that you can do. One is going to be call up your servicer and ask if they care. Do you mind if I move this into an LLC? Get them on the record. And I, I, I've never even had people get a response when they've sent that email or yeah. sent that letter to the service or advising them in advance, I'm going to be transferring this into an LLC. Uh, it, it, the other route to go, so that's sort of the ask for permission route. And if you, you talk to anyone in the military, the other route is to beg for forgiveness. Right, the just go ahead and do you it. Transfer that, <laughs> you transfer that loan into the, the, or the, the property into an LLC. The worst that happens, I've never actually seen this happen, and we do, you know, we're forming about 2,000 companies a month, and people I talk wow. to, hundreds of people a month. Uh, I, the worst that could happen is they come back and put you in a technical default, and they say that, hey, uh, this loan is being called. Uh, the, the due on sale uh, clause is being triggered. And at that point, you say, oh, didn't know, sorry, I'll transfer it back into my personal name, right? Right. That, that is really, with, with these types of loans, Fannie or Freddie type loans, when they're with a servicer, that's what's likely, very likely to happen. Now, if it's a loan you got from a, a commercial lender or it's a very large loan, 
that's actually held by the bank, that's a different scenario, right? Because they're likely going to be title doing title monitoring on it, and you have to have a conversation with them about whether they will allow you to do that. The, if, if it's one of those loans, though, why would you have purchased it uh, in your personal name to begin Agreed. with? Typically, Agreed. people are purchasing their, in their personal name because they want to get the advantage of those lower interest rates and lower down payment amounts. That's why they purchase in their, their personal name. But those are Fannie Freddie loans. They're going to be packaged up into a CMO. Yeah, the um, every apartment complex we buy, it seems like the bank requires us to have an LLC. We do it anyway, but I don't yeah. think they would even close unless you were in an LLC. But on the single family, and I, I agree with you, I've been at this for 30 years, seen thousands of single family transactions. I've never seen one of them closed I'm sorry, called because it was moved into an LLC. But you know that yeah. that fear is out there. But you're right. But yeah, the fear is out there. The, the 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 other thing that would happen potentially. So that that's one of the routes is you say sorry, and they say nope. Uh, we're not going to let you do it. There's something called the Garn St. Germain Act, which you, you read about. It's this old chestnut of a case. And if ultimate beneficial ownership control and some other factor, I can't remember, uh, are, are maintained, then it's going to be sort of carved out. And you can make an argument in the event that you wanted to fight it and say, no, the ultimate beneficial ownership has not changed. I'm still listed on the mortgage. This is a non-event. Worst case scenario the mortgage is called, right, and you have to refinance it, and you go to your commercial lender. Maybe it costs you a couple of bucks to do it. But I think the downside on keeping your personal name is so high that I, 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 wouldn't, I would rather take the risk on the almost non-existent risk of a due-on-sale clause being triggered as opposed to continuing to have that in my name and risking everything I have if a tenant slips and falls. Okay, then your opinion on this. We keep 300000 liability on every single house and a $1 million umbrella policy over all of the houses. Is that enough? Well, you, you, it, it, it depends. Right? So it, it depends on how wealthy uh, you are and how wealthy you're known to be. Because gotcha. I think a plaintiff's attorney, and I, I do a lot of, so attorneys are required to do continuing legal education, and a lot of asset protection attorneys go and listen to other asset protection attorneys. Instead, what I do is I go listen to plaintiff's attorneys, the people who are suing for the slips and falls and so on. And I think if you're shown to be, you know, if you got one or two houses, you're fairly low or modest net worth, then that's probably okay. If you're known to be a millionaire, say if you have a radio show where you're talking about your wealth, I, I think that's low, and I think the plaintiff's attorney is going to really go for more than that. They're going to sue you above your policy limits because they think there might be a pot of gold they can somehow get to or coerce you into providing. And so I like a higher policy limit. Uh, I like higher coverage. $1.3 million if someone dies, uh, then, then that's nowhere near enough. Right. It, it part of it depends on the properties as well. I think about what are the risk factors. Does it have a pool? Does it have a hot tub? Does it have uh, high railings? Uh, are there uh, things within it that could potentially be damaging uh, to, to to someone? You know, we were up in uh, uh, in Colorado and Wyoming. You know, you have natural gas and you have potential for, say, you know, water heaters or heating systems uh, failing and potentially carbon monoxide poisoning. Those are all going to be your responsibility. And so I, I, I think insurance is something that 
on a on a dollars for donuts is fairly inexpensive to get a higher limit than that. And I, I would talk to my insurance professional. It has less to do with the value of the property as to how wealthy you are. That is one of the things and one of the reasons why we really favor. Obviously, doesn't apply here with you, Steve. I mean, you you are are are, are out there uh, projecting yourself or telling the world about all these things you do. Uh, but for many others, you want to appear poor to that plaintiff's attorney. And that's where these anonymously or privately formed LLCs come into play, trying to keep your name out of the property records so that if someone looks you up, they're not going to know you own 50 rental properties and have a $10 million net worth. To them, they'll be like, oh, the person just has their primary residence and there's even a mortgage on it. We'll settle for the insurance policy limits. Gotcha. Yeah, that's something to consider. Um, certainly, the LLC sounds very attractive. Uh, the way you're pl- the way you're putting it, because when I've heard other attorneys, it was like, eh, n- didn't sell me. But uh, yeah, yeah the, what you're talking about really makes sense. So, well, that's the double the the double structure as well. So the holding company structure uh, is is something that's really our that's our bread and butter. So you set up your Wyoming privately formed LLC, set it up in Wyoming. It's natively formed in Wyoming. It gets its own bank account. It's got its own EIN number. Uh, it keeps its own books and records, right? Maybe that's where you and your spouse are the members of that Wyoming LLC. And then it owns wholly owned subsidiary LLCs in Texas. And the Texas LLCs are which each one owns its own piece of property in Texas. Those can also be formed privately, uh, listing the name of the Wyoming LLC as the owner uh, and perhaps even the manager in Texas keeps your name out of the Texas property records. Now, if, if you purchased it uh, initially in your in your personal name, you're going to be forever and always tied to that piece of property. But we assist clients with um, uh, what we call nominee services, where we'll sign as a manager. You appoint us as a temporary manager of your Texas LLC, and we'll sign the documents on behalf of the LLC. Obviously, I'm not obligated to pay the mortgage, uh, but I, I it, in the event anyone looks it up, you're going to see uh, my name or one of my partner's names listed in the property records protecting you uh, or protecting your net worth disclosure from prying eyes. Awesome. Okay, let me give your website out again just for the listeners. It's wyomingllcattorney.com. I'm just going to give out one so I don't confuse people. Wyomingllcattorney.com. Am I saying your name right, Jonathan Finiak? Yeah, no, you're saying it. You're saying it perfectly, uh, Jonathan Finiak. Perfect. All right, if you want to reach out to him, wyomingllcattorney.com. All right, we'll talk more after the break, Jonathan. Please hold on. Great. This is the, the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Thanks for listening. The stock market was never designed to build wealth. It was designed to keep up with inflation. Please don't worry about the ups and downs. The average rate of return over the last 75 years is about 7%. You will get that even with the ups and downs. If you want a higher rate of return and less volatility, consider real estate. We make about three times as much as the stock market. Please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. That's TotalWealthAcademy.com for reservations. Thank you.
Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis. On the line with me is Jonathan Finiak, who's an MBA, an attorney, helps people with estate, family, and wealth protection planning. Um, but he's also real estate specific. He's, you know, my complaint about a lot of financial planners, Jonathan, is that, you know, they don't ever do real estate. All they sell is stuff that they get a commission on. And it's just so refreshing to meet somebody who understands real estate and knows about people who have it in their portfolio. Uh, again, you can find him online if you want to reach out to him, wyomingllcattorney.com, wyomingllcattorney.com. Yeah, this is the first presentation, Jonathan, I've ever heard about having LLCs in a single family that made sense to me. Um I held mine in my name, never had any problems. The only challenge I ever had was a death in a pool, but that was on one of my apartments, which was, of course, inside yeah. an LLC, and we had, yeah. I think, $5 million worth of liability insurance, yep. Um, yep. so the insurance covered everything. Yeah, well, I, 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 uh, it's really interesting listening to your advertisers. You know, I heard one advertiser, my Patriot Supplies. You know, you yeah. never know when something's going to happen. And uh, you never know when something's going to happen. You've been lucky. Others have been lucky. Uh, but you are, uh, you know, potentially always, there's always something sort of hanging out there which could cost you a lot of money. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, another one, I, I, I love what you said. You know, the best time to plan a tree was 20 years ago. Or, or, or perhaps it was the best time to buy real estate was 20 years yeah. ago. I think it goes back to that old proverb. Yes, uh, the second best time uh, is is today, right? And I think from an asset protection perspective, the same thing applies. You know, if you don't have the LLCs set up now and you own everything in your personal name, that's fine. You know, get started now. Put in place a structure with a Wyoming holding company and Texas subsidiaries. And I think at the end of the day, uh, you, you could potentially – Sleep better at night and avoid that uh, that incident, throwing off your whole retirement, throwing off the rest of your life because of some incident you didn't even anticipate. Yeah, that's great. Um, okay, I, I promised my listeners a few thoughts on children and educating their children, so I'm going to let you go. But uh, I will okay. give out your uh, website one more time before the end of the show. And thank you so much for calling in. Thank you very much. It was an absolute pleasure, uh, and I wish you all the best, Steve. Thank you. You too, Jonathan. You take care. Okay. Again, his website, wyomingllcattorney.com, wyomingllcattorney.com. If you can't remember that, fire me an email. I'll send you all of his contact information. Um, I've got, I think it's 10 lines or 8 lines. Um, I'll email it to you. It's steve at TotalWealthAcademy.com, Steve at TotalWealthAcademy.com. Okay, let's get back to what I was talking about in the first segment, and then I, I left you hanging because I promised you there is a solution, and the solution I really gave in the first segment is you got to put your mask on first. You've got to educate yourself first. And then lead your kids by example to where you want them to go. 
you can't, again, be living paycheck to paycheck, not being happy with your financial position, and then telling your kids to do something different. It's going to make sense that they need to do something different, but they're not going to know what to do if you haven't done it yourself. I remember when my dad put his hand on my shoulder and he said, you know, Steve, I'm sure glad you're doing real estate because what I did didn't work. Do you realize how much control of his ego he had to be able to say that? How much he loved me to be able to say that? You need to be able to say that to your kids too, where you can look at them in the eye and go, listen, I'm busting my butt and it's not working. I'm not getting where I want to go and I don't want to see you suffer like this. They will respect you more for that than if you pretend like everything's okay and you give them the same map you used and tell them to go do it when you know it doesn't work. So step one, read, read, and when you're done, read some more. It is so important that the average $11 million a year person in the United States reads 60 books a year. If they make $11 million or more, on average, they read 60 books a year. Now, that's a lot. That's five books a month. I don't think to get where you want to be, you need that much. The other problem I have with that many books is for me to understand a book, I have to read the same one three, four, five times. And every time I read it, I learn something new. Um, I've read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, I think about 15 times. I've listened to it more than that, completely through on audio, more than that. And I'm telling you, I learn something new every time. So I prefer this strategy, about six books a year, but read each one of them two or three times, listen to it two or three times, and you will think about this in five years. You will have read 30 books, mastered them by listening to them multiple times. Do you think you'll be the same person as you are today? You won't. You will be heads and tails above where you're at today. Now, it is important to read the right books. And I, I make this offer quite often. I'm going to do it again today. I will send you a copy of probably the most important wealth book building book that's ever been written. It's called The Richest Man in Babylon by George Klassen. That's the starting point and you want your kids to read it as well. I'll send you a free PDF of that book, but you need to go out and buy it and hand it to your kids. Get them to read it. Read it with them if you have to. Get it read. The audio to that book, which you can find at audible.com or amazon.com, is put on by actors and each actor plays a different character in the book. So there's multiple voices. It is extremely entertaining, extremely entertaining. Listen to it with your kids if you're having trouble getting them to read it. Sit down, turn off the TV, 
and say, we're going to use our imagination now. Let's see what it takes to get rich. And that book will blow your mind. I'll also send you the required reading list for the students at Total Wealth Academy. All of these millionaires, all of these people on the way to millionaire, all of these financially independent people have read these books at Total Wealth Academy. All you have to do is email me and I'll send it to you. That's step one. It's steve at totalwealthacademy.com. Steve at totalwealthacademy.com. You don't need to put anything in the email. Just put books in the subject line and hit send. Books, hit send. I'll know what you're talking about. The second step to building wealth is you've got to meet successful people. It is almost impossible to hang out with people in the same financial position that you're in, or worse, our friends, our neighbors, and ever grow. It just doesn't work that way. You need to surround yourself with like-minded people who are where you want to be financially. So the next step is pick an investor group. Doesn't have to be Total Wealth Academy. I hope you'll give us a, uh, at least a shot as you check out two or three. Give us a shot. But get to these free workshops that are being offered. Go to them. Listen to what they're doing. Find the one you're most comfortable with and enroll. Enroll and start being at those events, whether they're online or live. Get out there, expose yourself to the reading material, expose yourself to successful people, and I guarantee you, you can change your life. It works. We'll talk more about this tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your day. You've been listening to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Please remember that this show is for entertainment purposes only and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investing advice. Always get a professional opinion before making any investment decisions. To find out more about coaching and consulting at Total Wealth Academy, visit TotalWealthAcademy.com and attend one of our free sample classes on real estate investing. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.